All right. You know what it is. You know who it is. We're back. Had a week layoff. Had some scheduling issues, but it's all good. We're back. We're going to be breaking down. Oh, wait. I should say. Welcome back to the Fight Cast. Episode 216 or 17, I think. 16. Yeah, yeah, I think last week was supposed to be 16. Yeah, Yeah, so I think this is 16. All right, so episode 16. Got a bunch of stuff to break down. Had an exciting weekend of boxing this weekend and last weekend. And uh, UFC was a little bit dormant, but this weekend we got everything we need to talk about with UFC. So I'm excited to talk about that stuff and break it down. Um, I'm going to start with... UFC from last two weeks ago and then this past weekend. Uh, Derek Lewis, did you watch the fight at all? No. All right. So Derek Lewis absolutely starched this. <laughs> so he had no business to win the fight. He was basically losing the fight up until he knocked this guy out. Um, so Blades was more of like a wrestling type who can act. He, he's a pretty good striker, but uh, he was, he's a wrestler. And his plan going in was to basically try to take down Lewis and and tire him out and get him on the ground and just try to keep him there. And uh, he tried to take him down a couple of times. It didn't work. And then the second round, I think it was a second or third round. uh, He went for a a shot, like a double leg takedown. And Lewis just saw it coming. He wound up his uppercut, like literally just boom, caught him. And Blades was inside, like in Lewis's arm. And then he just fell like this and just dropped and was done. Um, Lewis knocked him out. It was a, like I said, he, he just keeps catching these wrestlers and he's just so strong. Like he might honestly be one of the hardest hitters in the UFC. He's not technical by any means. He's not clean by any means. I don't know that he has high skill in comparison to anybody in the UFC by any means. And he keeps finding a way to win. He's won his last four fights against wrestlers. Um, and he's, he's brought himself into the conversation. He can easily, you know, he's in the, I think he's going to probably move up because I think blades was number two for uh, contenders. Um, he's in a weird spot though. And I said this, I think I said this in the podcast last week, or I said this to somebody else with the heavyweight division right now, John Jones is stepping in and he's going to get a title shot. Like that's why he's there for it. Yeah. So Stipe and Nganu are going to be fighting, uh, I think, next month. And that's going to be for the heavyweight belt. And then essentially whoever wins of Stipe and Nganu is going to be facing uh, Jones. Now, the issue here is, is that what happens with Lewis, because Lewis essentially should move up, you know, because John Jones isn't in the heavyweight rankings because he hasn't actually been in a heavyweight fight yet. Right. So he's overall rankings, but he's not in the heavyweight rankings. And the, the, the thing that's going to happen here is Lewis is probably going to move up to at least three. He's at least the third, you know, technically four uh, because John Jones, but I would say three. And who, who does he fight? Cause he's not, he's not going to step in for the title fight. He's he already beat Ngano and one of the worst title fights I've ever seen in my life. They barely threw punches. I think in the fight, there was a total of 18 connected punches, oh. like significant punches. It was bad. Um, and, uh, and for heavyweights, yeah, it was, it was ugly. And they were all ugly hits. They were nothing like significant. Nobody got anything. Um, so looking at that, essentially, Derek Lewis is kind of like a no, no man, nowhere land or no man's land. Cause he's, you know, and he called out, Alstar Overeem, like, which is just kind of weird because Overeem's lost his last like two fights and uh, hasn't been, hasn't looked good at all. 
So Lewis is really, I don't know what he's going for. Like, I don't know what he's trying to do. I don't know if he's just trying to hold off and wants to fight until he gets his, uh, his title shot. I do think he's earned a title shot. I do think he will get a title shot. He's just going to have to wait, unfortunately. And he's going to have, he's at the back of the line. So whatever happens there, I don't know. I love Derek Lewis. I love watching the dude fight. He just doesn't deserve to win, but he just fucking knocks dudes out on their ass. It's, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's just crazy. Hey, they, you know, look at, we, we talked about that before with, you know, with guys that know how to punch and look at, I didn't see it, but for a guy to be moving in, you know what I mean? So his head's a moving target and he hit him with a, an uppercut and knocked him out with an uppercut. You know, there, there's skill involved there. You got to be pretty accurate or, or at least your timing has to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, but they, that's what happens when, you know, there are these conversations like, oh, this guy's a wrestler, but this guy's a really good striker. And that striker has never faced a wrestler, a jujitsu guy like this. And all he has to do is like once he grabs him and everyone acts as though getting inside near a guy and grabbing him is so easy. Yep. Because when you do that, your guard is down. Yep. Your face is out there. I'm so if a dude can just land one fucking shot, you're done. You're done. And again, I, and I've said this before. With a shot like that, you see it's over like that. Boom, yep. you're sleeping, right? On connection, you're sleeping. You're dead on arrival. Once you grab someone, it doesn't. there's a whole lot of work to be done after that. Yeah. That's yeah. why when it comes down, if a dude can land a shot, you got, you, you got, you got to be able to throw them those shots. You know, even in the UFC, you got you to gotta know how to land those shots. The timing's got to be right. You got to know how to turn your punches over, turn your hips into it. Like, you, you got to be able to do that shit. Um, to to be on top for yeah. the, those moments like that when guy it's like okay I'm against a guy who he's a wrestler or, or you know he's a jujitsu dude and if he gets a hold of me it's going to be tough for me so I got to be able to land um, perfectly on the way in and if you can do that it 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 it, it basically it sort of like cancels out any. Anything that these guys are going to do, you know, when they grab you, because if they can't grab you, what are they worth? You know what I mean? And, and the thing, you know, it, in the UFC, it's different. And like, obviously there's, you know, takedowns do can win you fights, but there is that, you know, I've seen it more and more. And I think what happened was, I think that there was a very heavy, um, there's a very heavy gap between the, the, the bottom tier like jujitsu guys and then like or grapplers and then like the high level jujitsu guys so i think that there was a point in time when like grapplers did have like a, a, a heavy advantage because it was like so unknown and it wasn't normal to understand grappling and understand takedowns and understand submissions but now you know you can you can for the most part and like obviously you'll get like jujitsu heads who are like yeah you're like that's not true and you'll get wrestling heads who are like yeah that's true but like you can stop jujitsu like a, a jujitsu fighter with really good striking and takedown defense if you don't get taken down and you're a good striker you're not gonna get taken down so and this is what Derek lewis just keeps doing he just keeps having good defense and this is like what adesanya has made his living off of adesanya who we'll talk about is a, an elite striker who keeps his distance and has a, elite takedown defense and you can't use the submissions if you can't get them on the ground, like Jake's saying. And like, if you have elite striking and power and you can, it, it literally eliminates it. Like it, it. There's nothing you can do. And once again, 
once you get connected with a Derek Lewis left hand, there's not really much you can do in terms of, you know, avoiding that. I want to show you this though. I know it's backwards, but. I'm showing Jake right now the knockout, which should be in a second. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. Like, to in order to do what he wants to do, what Blades wants to, he has to put his face yep. in a defenseless position. Yep. And that's why it's dangerous. If a dude can counter that, if he can be accurate enough, and if he can time it right, really, you don't even need power like that. If you time it right, like that shot, if he wasn't knocked out cold. It would he would have been hurt by by pretty much anyone yeah. anyone just because of the timing because he his head was coming down yeah. he basically was spearing in with his head and the shot came like you know what I mean it's like a car crash yeah um and there's there's nothing you can do once you commit to that shoot but it's over your face there's nothing you can't protect your face but there's nothing you can do like it's just, yeah you're all the momentum is all your the momentum of your body is pushing your face forward right into a fucking punch. Yeah. And if the dude lands it, I mean, again, you, maybe you're not going to be knocked out cold, but you're going to be fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, you know, this uh, Lewis is a, is a fun fighter to watch. I'm excited to see what happens. The other fight that happened this past weekend, Cyril Gane versus uh, Rosenstrick. Uh, it, I mean, it was just boring. It was another one of those heavyweight fights. I've been seeing these heavy punchers lately that are supposed to have this power. There's not throw punches. And they're like turning into these counter punchers and like just trying to like, time their big shots but then what's happening is is these dudes who so rosenstruck is like a essentially like a poor man's Derek lewis like they look the same they walk the same like they they have power but he doesn't have as much power and he fought cyril gane who's a, an elite mover dude's good at striking he keeps his distance and the fight was just uh rosenstruck just standing there waiting for gane to do something and gane was just picking him apart from the outside so it's just a boring fight. And, you know, Gane didn't get hurt. He's 8-0 now. Uh, he's, again, another person in that heavyweight division that's coming up who has a good shot to really, you know, get a title shot eventually. And I think that what's going to happen here is that he's going to, you know, he's going to be one of those contenders. And, you know, it's just going to see what happens next with him. Rosenstrick, I don't know what's going to happen, but it was, like I said, it was just a boring fight overall. Another good performance from that was uh, Ankalev. He, uh, he upset technically Krylov. He was ranked. Krylov was ranked higher than him. Um, but Ankalov just an upcoming. I think he's from Dagestan too. I think he's part of the Habib camp. Um, and they're just all animals, and which we'll talk about because there's another Habib guy, like his one of his best guys uh, that's fighting this weekend, which I'm excited to watch. Um, but yeah, so that was the past weekend for UFC. Um, ton of boxing we'll get into now, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. I, I mean, there was. Uh, like eight big fights over the weekend for boxing. Um, and this was this last, this past weekend, not, or not this past weekend, but the weekend before because yeah. Canelo fought this weekend, but we had three, like on the 20th. Yeah. The 20th. Yeah. 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 We had uh, a bunch of big fights. I'm going to let Jake start and just kind of breaking that stuff down. Cause there was a, a lot to talk about. All right. So first I'll start with the one fight that I got wrong, which was the Josh Kelly fight. Um, and just didn't look like he wanted it. Yeah, I mean he he looked looked like he couldn't get out of his own way. Um, like his feet were stuck, um, and that's like one of those things that he's known for. Is he showed a little bit of the head movement, um, especially in the first couple of rounds, but 
and he was landing some really great counter shots. It looked like he was just going to cruise right, yeah. right through the fight. Um, but then at some point he just like, he started like playing into, uh, I forget how to pronounce the other dude's name. Um, but he started playing into his game where he would lean, they would lean on each other and the dude would just work on the inside. Um, and then Kelly got a cut on the back of his head from an elbow. Yeah. Um, and then it, it really, it seemed like from there, like once the blood started to drip down into his face that he just like, like he saw his own blood and it looked like he just didn't know what to do after that. Um, dude just started, you pounded away at him and, and he wasn't moving his head anymore. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't putting that, that jab out there anymore. And he, and he was just taking a beating and, and uh, ended up getting put down. Um, so it was, it was really disappointing because a dude with that much skill um seeing him not perform in that he, and again you don't want to take credit away from you know his opponent like they, they do put in work i mean he yeah. he did what he what i thought he was gonna do he's gonna be rough and and you know be in his face and um he did what he was supposed to do but josh kelly did not do what he was supposed to do um ended up getting stopped in the sixth i believe yeah. um so it was it was it was disappointing um and, and watching that when i watched it like I said, early on, I thought he was getting hit a lot. I don't know. Maybe I was looking at it wrong, but I thought like it seemed like the guy had his his number. Like he was had his timing down a little bit more. Like Kelly was throwing a lot more early on. And then like like you said, as soon as he kind of like saw his own blood, it was just kind of like a like he stopped throwing punches. He wasn't moving as much. And he got caught, like he got caught a couple times in like the second and third round, I think that might have like stunned him a bit. Um, and I don't know. One, one for know. sure. One yeah. for sure. I don't. I don't know that he got stunned. I know one for sure stunned him because um, his his leg like straightened up real quick and then he backed up. Um, and I think that was like I think that was in the third round. Um, but other than that, those first couple rounds, I mean, Kelly was blasting him with that yeah. jab, rolling yeah. away, coming back, hitting him with it with the two, rolling to the other side, uppercut, body shot, rolling away, and, and yeah, he was getting caught with with some some shit, but but they were all arm punches. Yeah, because it was just sitting over the high garden and trying to counter as fast yeah. as he could. He wasn't getting anything behind it. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, Kelly looked he looked sharp, like himself, other than his his uh his feet, because he just wasn't cutting angles. Like he was moving his head, and he would take a step this way, take a step this way, then back out, and then come and and reset. But he wasn't landing those shots, moving his head, cutting an angle, landing more shot. He wasn't that, and that's what he's known for. That's what he does. Yeah. You know, a lot a lot like uh, Lomachenko, bunch of punches. Head movement, cut an angle, bunch of punches, cut an angle back, cut an angle back. You know what I mean? Make the dude lose you, lose sight of you. That's what Josh Kelly does, and he wasn't doing that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was he was disappointing overall. Yeah. No, like I said, I, you know, I think that uh, you know whatever happens next with him, I think he. I I always think that it's okay for fighters like this, especially like him. And like again, we've we've talked about this that like not everybody's Floyd. You know, not everybody's going to go undefeated their whole career. And like these losses are, are going to help. And, you know, I think that they, they do a lot for fighters because not everyone's going to have the upbringing or the, the, the management that can get them those, those fights that gets them to 30, 40, and know, you know, or there's just dudes like Canelo who are just really that good who can like keep yeah. that record. Um, but like, we got to stop fucking hammering the losses. Cause like a loss is a loss, but it's like fighting, you know, it's fighting. And like, there, there's going to be times when you lose. And like, and I, I, you know, Josh, this is probably a, a tough fight for Josh Kelly, you know? And like the fact that he took it is 
whatever, you know, he lost, he's going to learn from it. He'll probably come back and be significantly better. Hey, he's only had 11 fights under his, or yeah. 12 fights now under his belt. Yeah. It's not and like he's a seasoned vet. And just like in boxing, especially like the UFC, it's not as bad because a lot of the, you know, a lot of these bigger UFC guys, they have some losses and like they, you know, because they're so like broad, but with boxing, it just seems like if you lose, they're just like, oh, that's it. He's done. He's not, he's not going to be the goat or like, he's not going to be good because he lost once. And like, they just, you know, I think Kelly's going to come back. I think he's going to be better than he was before. And, you know, I, I, I would say like Kelly probably wins that fight nine times out of 10, but like, he probably he should. He, de- yeah. he, de- he definitely should. Oh, yeah. and I wanted to, I, I made a mistake on the last podcast when I said that he was coming off a loss. It wasn't a loss. It was a draw. Yeah. Basically, that's how good he is that he had a draw. And I was like, oh yeah, he lost that fight. But I forgot yeah. it was a draw. Yeah. Um, but against the guy again, it, it should have been a win. Yeah. Because I went back and I watched that fight um, in between these two podcasts that we did, and he definitely should have won the fight. And they, they, that's what I mean. Like, there's something – I don't know what what happened to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there could be something – that's the thing about fighting too, man. If you're if, – if your focus is broken just for a second, you could lose a fight. But if your focus is broken like during camp, it's going to fuck your, your, your whole momentum up, your whole rhythm yeah. up. Yeah. leap from all the way through the camp into the fight. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but the, the, ta- the talent is there, but something happened mentally with him. Yeah. yeah. And well, I hope he comes back better. Yeah. You know, Cause he, he's got a lot of talent. Um, we want to get into next Valdez Burkelt or yeah, we're, we're, let's, let's go over it. Let's go over Broner. Broner. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's get the Broner out of the way. Um, it Yawns up into up. round eight, it was, same old Adrian Broner. Yeah. Um, he was just a high guard, just eating shots, not throwing anything back. And then, like, the later part of round eight and for the rest of the fight, he looked really good. Yeah. I don't know what, what happened to him, but it was the reverse of what happened to fucking Josh Kelly. At some point during the eighth round, Adrian Broner woke the fuck up and started touching that dude up, man. Yeah. He looked really good those last few rounds in the championship round. So he looked good. You know, over go they do San Diego can't fight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it probably shouldn't have lasted 12 rounds, but again, Broner's been off for a couple of years. Uh, so you know, it's whatever. It's not it's not that big of a deal. But he looked sharp the, in, through the championship rounds. He looked sharp. Well, I think, so, you know, and like I said, I think that he was I texted you, I think, during the fight, and like he I don't know if he was like holding back or he was just trying to like see what he was feeling like in those later rounds or like that he was just being a dick. Like, I don't know. Like what, like what else is there? Cause like he, he would. And I, I mean, I don't agree with some of the scoring of it. Like that one judge had it like one seventeen to one ten, which was, yeah, that, yeah it was, I think it was a little closer than that. Because yeah. And Broner wasn't doing a lot for the first half of the fight. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't, I don't get what he doesn't understand about like, throwing punches like it just seems like he just goes in there to not throw punches it's it's crazy well like i said it changed in the, those last three and a half rounds so yeah. I, it looks like he he landed something or a combination or uh santiago did something and he but just something something got yeah it turned it on it got broner into a rhythm because he started like he was a lot smoother he's a lot like you would see he was a lot more relaxed there was less yeah. of this high guard and he was moving around more um uh countering a lot better uh so i don't know so something something small happened in that round and 
And I mean, it could have just been. Who knows? Like, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe fucking that was his plan the whole time. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to toy with him for eight rounds and then I'm going to. I mean, it, I was just going to, I was literally just going to say that. Like, you know, I, I keep hearing this, this uh, saying from fighters that they want to acquire rounds like in the ring. And like, it could have been something where he just wanted to get his feet wet with someone he knows couldn't hurt him. And, yeah. Like, just, just kind of take those shots and work on some like defense. Like, I don't know. I mean, that be a disrespectful thing to do but like it's adrian broner so who you know who the yeah. fuck knows <laughs> I, I i don't know but again i think the the thing to come away with um is that he when he turned it on he did look pretty fucking good so yeah. Yeah. It, it, that that um it's a positive going forward yeah for whoever he fights next yeah we'll see I, I like i said i think he's one of those names that like they could throw into anything and it'll be interesting at least moving forward <laughs> yeah um but yeah, and then uh, probably my favorite fight I've seen in a while was Valdez and Burkelt. That was uh, that dude's fucking. He's got everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Burkelt looked, and I would say Burkelt for I haven't watched a lot of him. I watched a little bit of him before the fight. He looked different in the fight, and he did not move well. And it, unless Valdez's speed just kind of like made him look obsolete, it was the footwork. It was the yeah. footwork because when Burchell was taking that step forward, so Burchell, what he does is he'll he'll jab, you know, throw a couple straight punches, um, work his way in. You could see his lead foot coming up, coming up, coming up, and that gets to a point where he just starts moving forward. And you could see he was, he was throwing that jab out there. He'd throw a two out there every now and then. He wasn't really hitting anything. And then he would take that step forward to get ready to, to move in for that attack, and Valdez would be gone. He'd mm-hmm. pop one that jab, be gone. Um, and I just think it was, it, was, it was just too much for – he couldn't find his target. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he wanted his target like, oh, there it is. I'm going into attack. Oh, he's gone. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that, that's pretty much what it came down to is that Reynoso was the – you know. <laughs> one of the top trainers in the world and he they had a game plan and that combined with with valdez's skill his talent his heart um it, it just made for um the perfect fight for valdez like that's what he had to do to win the fight um and he looked really good man yeah. he looked really good even even when burchell came back from the dead in the sixth round yeah. She's <laughs> and, uh, and he was landing a lot of shit on valdez um, there's at one point Valdez backed into the corner and his his uh, rear foot, his rear leg bent really far down. I thought his knee was about to touch the the mat, mm-hmm. uh, but it turns out he was just getting really low to roll under and, and step out. But Burchell was fucking him up for a minute. Yeah. And but but you see, like even through that, even through that that attack, like could you imagine okay Valdez is, is looking at this dude like dude I, I fucking rocked this dude I fucking rocked him knocked him down already rocked him some more and this dude recovered and he's just coming at me like a fucking like Frankenstein's monster right just <laughs> and Valdez kept his composure and you see he stuck to the game plan you see he didn't change anything yeah yep. he stuck to it popping him with a jab popping him with a two rolling and then when he when he felt that he would back up back up Back up, time time him coming in, wow, catch him with that that lead hook and right right over the fucking the guard of Burchell, right on the temple, um, hit him there m- numerous times. Right, I mean, I mean, you got about three inches from yeah. like the top of the glove to the top of the head there, and he was hitting that spot every time. He was shorter, right? Shorter, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just just great, just a great showing, great work, man. Um, and then the end of the fight was cool. Um, 
after it looked like Burchell was fucking dead for a minute, they got him back up and Valdez coming over and embracing him and shit. Like that, that was, it was over, it, overall, it was, a, it was a good, it was a good night, man. It was a good yeah. night of boxing. Um, and, and that was by far the, the best fight of the night. Yeah. Well, I think you said, you said that last, uh, in the last podcast, you thought that would be fight of the year, like a fight of the year candidate. I, I saw that right from the, as soon as Burkell came up in the sixth round and started like hitting Valdez, I was like, yep. I was like, if, he, if this dude somehow wins this, like that's going to be like insane. But then like, you know, it was just the fact that he even got up and that fight was like, until he got fucking dropped. And like, that was, I mean, like a filthy knockout, but like yeah. until he got dropped, there, there wasn't much that was like, I mean, Valdez was in control for the most part, especially towards the end there. But I think with the fact that, it was a good fight and it could have gone either way up until like that end, you know, and, yeah. and you could see like, he, I mean, like you said, Burkelt got dropped twice, I think, right? Three times. Three times. So he got dropped three times and, you know, he still came back and touched up Valdez until that last yeah. one. I mean, when that last one was, he was fucking clean, clean to the yeah. front of the face and just, <laughs> that was it. And um, yeah, that was one of those things it has, uh, similar to, that blades knockout yeah his momentum was carrying him forward because he was coming for the attack and he Valdez placed that shot yeah like it was like it was kind of like when Pacquiao got knocked out and when Floyd knocked out uh Ricky Hatton yeah the the greatest check hook in the history of boxing yeah (laughs) (laughs) seriously fucking that yeah um but yeah man I think and it just seems like you said Reynosa's just churning these dudes out and they're just coming out and performing except for ryan and Garcia. he's got andy ruiz too man yeah and, uh, ruiz like, looks good ruiz yeah looks good. so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing him come back and see because i don't give a fuck who he fights i mean unless he's fighting uh fury um i think he's winning this next fight whoever yeah. the fuck they put him in there with yeah i mean one you know he's got the power two he looks fantastic like he's been working his ass off in the gym and three you got reynoso so i mean there you, you got an advantage well I, I would love to see uh i would love to see him versus wilder just get the fuck why get wilder the fuck out of there because he would, yeah like, yeah wilder said he's like besides the two names that i really want i, I want to take out the top guys you know and ruiz is i mean he beat joshua he's up there like that would be yeah. a a great fight to watch and i think he would fucking fuck up I, yeah because look at now that he's with ring also i would take ruiz in a in a, a third fight with joshua i would take ruiz yeah for sure yeah. for sure you <laughs> think his not we know that he has the power to put joshua down but now he's with reynoso so that this that the experience the knowledge you know that the the game plan the boxing game plan the technique all that shit that wasn't present the first time that he put him down is present now. Yeah, I would definitely take him in in, in a third fight with Joshua. So, uh, yeah, I'm I I can't wait to see him fight. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, obviously, I, I agree. I think that if it wasn't, uh, I think everybody except for Fury, he stands a chance against because uh, you know, I'm hoping there's some news with Fury and Joshua soon. I saw some stuff, but I didn't see anything like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, it's all set. It's still, they're still looking for the, the venue and, sh- and exact date because again, it, over in the UK, they had the numbers yeah. So, but Eddie Hearn came, he was on, um, uh, after, after the, the Canelo fight yeah, or yeah. before the Canelo fight, he said something about it, that it's, you know, it's all set. Oh yeah, he did. You're right. You're right. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I think it was before the fight. I think they they were interviewing him. Um, 
but is it yeah so the word is that it's it's all set they're just you know trying to lock down venue exact date shit like that but it's yeah. it's gonna happen i have to say ryan garcia is an annoying announcer did you watch him on Dazen or Dazone? Yeah. however you say it yeah i'm i'm getting sick of that guy <laughs> he really he really he's just I, you know what you know what sickens me the most though is that like one like look i'm i'm not a religious person um mainly because i'm an adult okay um and i'm not a fucking idiot um but i mean people could believe whatever they want and I, it's to be honest it's it's a fucking exhausting and irritating to hear athletes thank god after every victory like like if there were a god that like, he'd give a fuck about you winning your measly ass fucking is that you you got guys that are like you know 10 and 2 and fighting for like a regional belt and they're like oh i just want to thank god like no no one gives a fuck what you want <laughs> um but what's even worse is when you can clearly see it's fake like Ryan Garcia when he beat Luke Hamill and, and he thanked everyone and I was like, oh, I almost forgot. I want to thank God. Yeah. Because yeah. if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be here. And it's like, I he's so fake. I just want him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, he, he's like again. I I would pick him in most fights because of just his raw talent and Reynoso. Yeah. But I you know I hope he does get in there with Tank so Tank just fucking shuts him the fuck up man. Yeah. I they, like that shit. There's let him talk too man. much. They were he was like the main driver of like the the broadcast on the zone. all the questions. And he's not wearing socks and he's yeah. like oh, oh, oh thank god. He shuts <laughs> the fuck up man. I hate that shit. Well, oh, we'll see. I I wonder if the creator of the universe if there were one gives a fuck that I win my fight. <laughs> No, no one cares. No one gives a fuck. Idiot. Well, like the creator of the universe, if he was, the, if, if there was a creator of the universe somewhere watching, like he has a fucking, like, out of all the things going on in the universe, that he gives a shit about some football game or boxing, like, no one gives a fuck. Hey, what are you, stupid? Hey, this shit annoys the fuck out of me. It's just, uh, I think it's just the, the yeah, political, the, what do you want to call it? Like the politics of it. They got to, they got to look good. Make sure they're, like, the yeah. There is no God. Deal with it. Grow up. <laughs> thank you, fucking. Thank your trainer for making you good. Yeah. Right. That's who you think. There might be a boxing God, and his name might be Canelo. Yeah. He. Uh, good segue. Yeah. You should be. A <laughs> <laughs> you should do this shit for a living. <laughs> but Canelo, he, uh, this dude is, yeah. It, it's hard to find. And we're going to talk about it, but uh, it's hard to find someone to step in the ring with Canelo now um, that he, you could see right from the beginning of that fight, he had Yildrum like on his heels. Yildrum was not going to come in throwing anything. I think Canelo connected early and he felt it and he was like, yeah, I'm out. And then there were some shots. There were some times early on when you watched the fight. Canelo was actually like waiting for him to do something, and like you could see it. And he was just like, he was just kind of like, "Are you gonna do anything?" And then like he was like, "All right, and I'll just end it." And he just went for it. And like that's the thing about Canelo is that again, he's he he has such a good feel, like such good, you know, as they say, ring generalship. Yeah. But I think it's more than that, man. I almost like. I, I, it's almost like a sixth sense. You know what I mean? Like he just, 
he has such a good feel for when to attack and when to pull back and be defensive. It's unreal, man. Yep. And yeah, you could see that, man. Like he was standing there looking him down, throwing, throwing like light shots in there, pawing at him, trying to get him to throw something. And he was like, fuck it, put his high guard up, put his forehead against fucking Yildrums and just went to the body. Fucking and, but you're right though. It's, he came out, Yildrum had that high guard up, that bullshit European high guard. Uh, once Canelo landed that first body shot, done, yeah. done. You could say, again, I don't like to say that fighters are scared. I never like to say, I don't think any of them are really scared, but I think at that moment, uh, Yildrum like had some worry. Like, yeah. fuck man. I can't like, if I, if I let my, if I move my guard at all, I'm going to get fucked up. Yeah. And, and I talk. think that's why he was afraid to throw shit. And I think, you know, and like, and you know, Connor said something about this. Connor McGregor, he said something about this in the UFC. Like, I, I think actually when he fought Khabib, so about three years ago, he was like, you know, a left hand hurts. And he's like, when you're afraid of a left hand, it feels like a double barrel shotgun. And like, when you're afraid of getting hit from like a Canelo, and then you actually get hit by Canelo, you're, you're done. Like, you can't walk into the ring. You, you literally have to walk into the ring being prepared to die against Canelo. And none of these guys are. And like, not that I'm not saying that I would be. You know, I'm not saying that I would go in there, but you know, none of these dudes are have the skill to keep. And that's the thing is like Canelo has the power and the skill. And when you walk in with a guy like Yildrum who has power, but you know, I think we both said this or we didn't get to review this fight, but that's what I was thinking when I watched him was like, he just gets hit. Like yeah. he has the power, but he was going against bombs and he was getting hit. So. Again, it's the same, but I've said this before and I say it again, I'll keep saying it. It's the same thing with all these European guys that, that have that high guard. You, they're not going to fuck with any American or any, any fucking fighter that moves their head, but mainly mm -hmm. Americans, because that's, you know, our, our style is that is, is more head movement and less fucking eat shots with your hands. Mm -hmm. um, Cause after a while, like they, it's, it's way too easy to get through that high guard. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the problem. And that's why you eat so many shots because it, the, eventually whoever he's fighting is going to get through that guard and you're going to eat shots. Um, and especially with a guy like, and even though this fight only lasted three rounds, like you see the variety of punches yeah. and combinations. Fake check high, like <laughs> bro, like he's going, he's going fucking from, he's going three six six three. You know what I mean? And then he's going fucking, he's going two uh, three, and then coming up with a fucking uh, five to a two, and like he's not. Even if Yildrum was there and more aware and more into the fight and more alert, he was. It's still so hard to figure that shit out because he's not coming. He's not starting with the same shot every time. He's not leading with the same shot. Yeah. So it, it's so hard to fucking to time that shit to get a sense of like what he's gonna do next. Um, you know, and with Canelo and again the, the levels. Like, listen, I, I I think I've said this before on the podcast, but this is the thing that that I tell all of my clients, right? And I, I'm not sure if it's uh, if someone else has ever said it. I want to trademark it. But the way you win fights is change speed, change levels, change angles. Mm -hmm. And Canelo does all of that shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, he does all that shit. Like the way he was going body, head, body, head, body, head. Like, again, even if Yildrum was in the fight, he that, that's in so much to deal with because shots are coming from all over the fucking place. And I think that with like some fighters, you know, and this and connect, there's usually there's a difference in like 
and this is why Canelo is so good, I think, is there's a difference between the power punchers because a lot of them don't throw like heavy combos. And I mean like heavy as in volume. And the guys who throw a lot of volume usually don't have a ton of power. And Canelo can throw a six punch combo and have the power to knock you out at the end where you don't have on Yildrim's end, you don't have the time to figure out the timing a lot because if you take that time to figure out the timing and you eat a couple shots, your night could be over. And as you saw with, he sat him down with that fucking straight and like right from that point, you knew, you knew it was done. Cause as soon yeah. as that happened that he, I don't know. I don't know. I don't count how many punches he threw, but I probably could have counted on one hand with Yildrim. Like there was just nothing left after he got hit that first time. And then they called the fight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because he was getting hit with that again, even though he had his guard up the whole time, Canelo was finding his way through the guard yep. and was hitting him with almost fucking everything. Yeah. So it's like, you know, how, how much you can let your guy get beat up. Yeah. So he can only but, take so much. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we're going to get into now is that, who even goes into the ring with Canelo and you know this was so this fight and the district I've been saying this since the beginning with the disrespect <laughs> like Canelo can do whatever the fuck he wants but like yeah. they had the promo ready for his next fight yeah. <laughs> this fight and we're playing it on the big screen <laughs> that means they made that thing three weeks ago yeah and they knew it was gonna happen yeah. so it's just like why, why, you know, like, why even make this fight? And, like, if there's a dude who, like, clearly shouldn't be in there, you know, if, if he wants to, like, I get it. Like, you know, I, I'm sure Yildrim, like, went, went into this and was like, yeah, I'd love to fight, say I fought Canelo. But, like, yeah. you know, should he? You know, if you're watching it, you know, anything can happen in a fight type thing. But, like, this was clear from the start of the fight that, like, Yildrim should not have been in the ring with Canelo. And that it was clear from the start of the promotion there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. Because nobody even knew who the fuck this dude was. And uh, he is just, yeah. And I'll, I'll let Jake get into this. Cause he was talking a little bit before about when we started, but you know, there needs to be decisions made better decisions made about who gets in the ring, no matter what, you know, there is mandatory wise. Yeah. So uh, the president of the WBC brought it up uh, about the mandatories he said that uh sometimes they shouldn't force the mandatory to happen like so they that they have to essentially they should have better sense of um the bigger picture i mean like overall is this a good fight should it happen does it make sense Mm -hmm. um it's like yeah um they have rules, and, and again, the re- so in case anyone doesn't know, Canelo had to, according to the organization, take on the mandatory to keep his belt. And Canelo's goal is to be undisputed at super middleweight, which is to have all of the belts. Yeah. So for him, he's like, I have to fight this bum to keep the belt because that's those are the rules. Yeah. And what Suleiman, the president of WBC, was saying is like, yeah, I mean, maybe we should be a little more lenient on that rule. Or because just if it, make less mandatory. <laughs> well, I mean, again, there are only four belts that matter. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There, there are only four belts that are recognized. Yeah. So, I mean, there are, you know, like fucking nine belts or whatever, but only four of them really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I tend to agree. It's like, okay, if, if the, the mandatory was someone 
who may may have been a former champion, um, you know, like maybe if it was, uh, I don't know, like Andre Durrell or something, mm-hmm. someone who who's an actual good like championship level boxer. Okay, maybe you take that fight before you go on to to fight for the other belts, the belts that Billy Joe Saunders has. But um, I, I agree with Suleiman. You know, like that, that maybe should be looked at. Like the the rule is there for a reason. It's like because it's like okay. This guy did his work to get in that spot to get a mandatory challenge at the belt, so we have to we have to you know respect that, right? He he did his work, um, and it it kind of be fucked up. They just skipped over him. It's like, well, well, why did I take on these other fights to become the mandatory to get a shot at the belt if you're just going to overlook me? Because then it's fucked up on his end. Yeah. But what Suleiman is saying is like, look, there's a bigger picture. We have you know three guys that are holding four of the belts. And it's better for business, it's better for the fans if we get the guys who are holding the belts fighting each other. So maybe the mandatory takes on another fight before he, you know, some, something, some yeah. way to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what he was saying. Like they need to take a closer look at that that rule. Because um, it, it would have been, it would also been fucked up if by the letter of the law, Canelo lost his belt because he didn't fight Yildra. Yeah. So like all the people that are upset, like, oh man, this is fucked up that you would, yeah, it is fucked up, but it's, it's the organization's fault. It's the WBC's fault for having that rule in place and enforcing it this way. I call it the Canelo uh, rule. Yeah. I mean, it's sometimes, sometimes it shouldn't be enforced, yeah. um, but it's okay. We don't have to worry about it anymore because uh, Canelo said he wants to fight four times this year. No, he's gonna That's one out of the way. <laughs> you can you can almost guarantee that the next two fights. Well, we know the next one is Billy Joe Saunders. You can almost guarantee the one after that is going to be Caleb Plant. Mm-hmm. Um, so who the fuck? Who's the fourth one? I don't know. Um, uh, maybe it's Andre. Um, I, I don't know, but I, I don't think I don't know. I think it's going to be an undefeated, another undefeated year for Canelo. So yeah, I mean, did I keep seeing people saying that? Uh, bringing up Andre Ward, saying that like he's the only person that could beat Canelo right now. Is he even still fighting? No. And uh, uh, as good as Andre Ward was as an active fighter, he's not beating this Canelo, this version yeah. of Canelo that's actively fighting. Um, because prime Andre Ward was real fucking nasty. Mm-hmm. Real, even though he, I think he lost the first fight with Kovalev, which was called a draw. Um, besides that, he, he was because he came back and beat the fucking shit out of Kovalev mm-hmm. the next fight. Um, other than that first fight with Kovalev, Andre Ward fucking mopped up everybody. Yeah. Um, he, he was truly great, great fucking, but really smart boxer. I had all the tools. Um, I don't know how old he is now. I mean, he's got to be pushing 40. He's got to be, you know, I think he's around my age, but even. I think prime Andre Ward would have a tough time with this version of Canelo. Mm -hmm. And I certainly don't believe that this version of Andre Ward, the announcer is fucking with this version of Canelo. I don't (laughs) think anybody's fucking with this Canelo right now. I think this version of Canelo gives prime Roy Jones, middleweight Roy Jones a run. That's how good this Canelo is. Yeah. And that's that's saying something. And, and no, look, I'm not gonna sit here and, and, and act like, hey man, this dude's gonna, you know, mop up Roy Jones in his prime because that's 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 a tall order. Yeah. But I think it would be a fight. I think it would be a real fight. That's how good this version of Canelo is. So yeah. um 
yeah, one, that's some shit. Like, people are reaching out, like, who, Jesus Christ, who's going to beat Canelo? Andre Ward? Can we pull him out of retirement? I think that's just that people are reaching out. Um, that's not going to happen. And if it did, I don't think Andre Ward at this point in his life is beating this version. Yeah, of I saw it like three or four times. And I was just like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. But like, yeah. this, this Canelo, like, it's prime, just, prime, it's, hey, prime Andre Ward versus this version of Canelo, that, that would be a hell of a fight. Yeah, I just, you know, Canelo's just on a different level right now. We're going to continue to say it until someone shows us some type of human version of Canelo or um, he can take shots. He's got a fucking chin. He can give them. He can move his head. Like, it's just, he's just on a different level. And that's really it. And his next fight will uh, be May 8th against Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah. Uh, another good fight for a belt. You know, this one should be a little bit more fun because from what I understand, Billy Joe Saunders runs his mouth a little bit or he likes to talk. So he does. And he can actually uh, fight. He, he yeah. can fight. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's okay. I mean, you know, I don't, I, don't, like, I don't see this being a competitive fight. But, you know, at least the dude can fight. He, yeah. he can box. Yeah. So it'll be at least something. At least something to watch. Yeah, so we'll talk about that more coming up. Obviously, anything Canelo, I'm, I'm game for. Um, but we'll finish off. We got UFC 259 this weekend. Uh, it's going to be probably one of the best cards I've ever seen. Uh, in general, from top to bottom, all five fights are, you know, crazy. There's one, two, I think there's five or four. There's four champions on this card. We have a, a, a double champ opportunity here with Izzy moving up to uh, light heavyweight at 205 against Jan Blahovich. We got Amanda Nunez, who's a double champ herself, uh, fighting Megan Anderson. And then we got uh, Peter Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. We got Islam Makachev versus Drew Dober, which I think is going to be fight of the night. And then Tiago Santos versus Rakic. Uh, Tiago Santos is coming off a loss. We'll start there. He's coming off a loss to uh, Glover Teixeira when he got fucking dominated. Um, and, and this is the, that was one of those things where Santos is a striker and the grappler got a hold of him and it was, it was not good. He smothered him. He basically just he, – he wore out Santos. Santos had no answers because – Teixeira is he's a he's a true black belt like he's a black belt in the truest sense he, he when he gets you down there's not many people that are going to get up because he's big he's strong like even if you are a, like a black belt you're gonna have trouble with him just because of how strong and big he is so he got Santos down on the ground that was it he choked him out and uh that was the fight and Rockich is a uh, more up-and-coming new guy you know I, I think Santos is gonna win here and I, th- I think he's gonna I think he's gonna pull through I think he's going to avenge the loss because I do think he's a talented guy and he's got a lot of skill. And, you know, I still think he's going to get his shot towards the top, but this is just another one of those, um, you know, uh, I think this is heavyweight. I think these guys are, this is light heavyweight. So this is, you know, in that division with Izzy and Jan and like, this, this is, could be the John, this is the John Jones division. Like this is going to be where we start to see all this stuff come to fruition, but you know, Santos is, is a good fighter and I think he's going to pull out here. Um, and I think he's going to win it. I'm going to go knockout in the second round. I'm going to go second round. Actually, I'm going to go first round knockout. Cause I don't, I, I think if it goes past the first round, his chances get worse because I saw his conditioning last time. It could have just been because of the grappling, but I'm going to say first round knockout. Um, Islam Makachev and Drew Dober. So Islam Makachev is a Habib uh, I don't know if he's his brother, he's a or related to him in any way. I know he trains with Habib 
and he's got the same style as Habib, but he's a better striker. So this dude, you know, this dude Makachev is impressive. Like he, he grapples just as good as Habib at this point in his career, but he's like a way better stand-up guy than Habib was at this point in his career. And I think he's better than Habib at striking in general, like already. So, you know, Drew Dober is also another name. He's a, he's a young, like firecracker. He's, he's had fights, you know, in the UFC. I don't, I forgot his record. He's 23 and nine, but he's, you know, I think this is overall record. I don't know what his UFC record is, but he is a good fighter, but I think, I think they threw him at the wolves here. I don't think he's going to be Islam. I think Islam's going to, I think he's going to dominate the fight. I think it's going to be a really good fight, but I don't think Islam is going to lose this fight. I think this could easily be the fight of the night uh, because I, I think that all the other, I think this is the closest fight between the two. And I think that Islam is going to, if he shows out, he's going to, he's going to dominate, but I, and I don't see Dober being better than Makachev at anything. So I, I think that Makachev is going to, you know, win this fight, but I think it's going to be uh, easily fight of the night. Peter Yan is fighting Aljamain Sterling. This is another title fight. Peter Yan is the current uh, featherweight. Let me see here. Bantamweight. He's a current bantamweight uh, title holder. And he's, you know, he's a hell of a fighter. Aljamain Sterling is a hell of a fighter. And Aljamain Sterling, I've never seen him like, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a great fighter, uh, but he has his moments. And like, I think his two fights that he, or he lost two, three fights. So he's lost three fights. And from what I understood earlier is all those fights, he was an, uh, uh, a favorite in. So he's only lost to underdogs. Like he's, he's only been upset. So I, he might be one of those dudes where, you know, he just kind of gets in and overthinks who he's fighting. And like when he's fighting someone who's not as good, but then when he's in the cage with somebody, you know, who's there, he, he shows up. So I'm interested to see what happens. I'm going to pick Sterling here. I think Sterling's going to win, <laughs> take the belt. Uh, I think that Peter Jan, and this is why, and this is why it's weird. Cause I think Peter Jan's a better fighter. And I think that he's a better striker. He's a better overall mover, but I think Sterling's going to wear him out and I think he's going to catch him. And I think that, because of the way that Sterling fights, I think he's going to show up for this fight. And I think he's going to kind of step in and, and, and impress everybody. And he's really going to show why he's at the top of, you know, why he's where he is in the sport. So I'm going to go with Sterling. I think he's going to win by either a late submission or a decision. So I'm going to go, actually, I'm going to go decision. I'll go. I think he's going to win by decision. He's going to take the belt from Peter Jan. Then we have Amanda Nunez versus Megan Anderson. Uh, Megan Anderson is a fighter out of Australia and she's long. She's lanky. She's a decent striker. She's a good grappler. Like I'm uh, and Amanda Nunez is, is Amanda Nunez. You know, she's yeah. the best fighter in women's sports right now. She's a savage. She's basically, uh, I mean, she's just better than every woman she's fought. She's beaten Ronda Rousey. She's beaten Holly Holm. She's beaten, you know, anybody she's put in front of her essentially. And she's the current uh, featherweight. And I forgot the other division. She's, I think the, whatever is under featherweight, I think it might be Bantamweight, but she's the champion in that as well. 
Now, the people that she has fought, she's just like kind of dominated them and she's just kind of like stepped forward and just pressured them and caught them. Megan is long. And I think if she keeps her distance and she can defend in the ways that she's going to need to, meaning don't get hit too hard, keep your distance, move, get out of the way. Uh, and also be able to kind of like strike with her. I, I, I am going to go Megan Anderson here. I think she's going to beat Amanda Nunez. I think it's going to be a big upset. And I think that, uh, it's going to shock the world and then it's going to be a, a second. They'll probably have a, a second fight after that. Um, but I am going to go Megan Anderson over Amanda Nunez. I think it's going to be a second. Let's see. This is a five round fight too. Actually, Peter Yan is a five round fight as well. So yeah, I think I, I'm going to stick with Sterling for a decision. I'm going to go a third round TKO by Megan Anderson over Amanda Nunez. I could be absolutely bonkers here. And if, if I come back on next week and I, I was, I'm sorry, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick the underdog here. I feel like this is just one of those things. And I've, I've been watching Megan Anderson on Instagram a decent amount and she looks good. She moves well. She, and like I said, the length is what I think is going to give her an advantage here. And I don't know what the exact, She's got a nice three inch reach advantage and she's, uh, let's see. She's got about five inches on Amanda Nunez in height. So I, I, I really think that she's going to be able to keep her distance. And if she moves well, uh, as well as I've seen, I think she moves. I, I think she's going to do it. She's going to pull the upset. Now let's get to this fight. Izzy, Jan Blachowicz. Uh, this is Izzy's one of my favorite fighters now. I love watching this dude fight. He's a striker. He's, you know, a true striker in the, in, or he's a start striker in the truest sense. He, he kicks well. He keeps his distance. He does everything that you're going to want to see. And especially in the UFC with like, you know, as much as Jake talks about hating striking in the UFC, like he gives a good name for it, I believe. And I think that yeah. he does. Yeah, he's a, he, 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 can, he can throw some shots. Yeah, and he moves, you know, I, my favorite part about Izzy and I think what makes him so good is that he, he can use either stance. He switches stances fluidly. He can kick from both positions. He can move from both positions. But I, the biggest thing is he's very good in this like uh, squared stance. So the squared stance is, is one of those things where if you can utilize it and, and march in the like UFC's type fighting, you can really start to, get angles on your opponent and you can move a little bit better around. And he does it so well where he'll, he'll go from like a left to right. But as he's getting to the other side, he stays in this like squared stance and just throws a couple punches and it can move a little bit better, but he can read you because he can move in either direction. You know, most of the time when you're in a square, uh, a regular boxing stance, you know, for the most part, you're not going to want to cross your feet and you're going to have to either like maneuver in some way to get out of that, but he can find this squared position and then move either way, depending on what he reads from the body that's happening. Blahovich, you know, he beat um, Dominic Reyes uh, in his last fight to get the, the belt. He's got a ton of power. The thing is, so what's going to be interesting here is can Izzy stay away from Blahovich for the entire 25 minutes? And Blahovich, I really think. 
I, I think Izzy's got a chin. I think I've seen enough that I think he has a chin. I, I don't know that he's been dropped in the UFC. I know when he fought Gasolum, he it was very close to getting like he almost got not like considered a knockdown in the UFC. Um, Blahovich has the power that I think could end this fight in one punch. So he's got like that Derek Lewis quality where like if he does catch Izzy and Izzy, you know, so again, Izzy's going to be walking in probably around 10 to 15 pounds less than Blahovich. So the fight's at 205, but Izzy said he isn't going to gain weight. And Izzy's normally a 185 fighter. So walking around, he's probably at 190, 193, maybe 195. You know, if he walks in and he's at like 200, then obviously he, he gained weight. And like, maybe he just put that out there to try to, you know, give Blahovich that kind of idea. But I think that Blahovich is going to be physically bigger than him. But I think Izzy's actually, let me see what the height difference is here. Yeah, so Izzy's an inch taller than him and he's got a two inch reach advantage. You know, and, and this is where it's really going to come into play. And this is why, you know, I mentioned the Blahovich first because if Blahovich does catch him, I really think he can end the night in one fight or end the, the fight in one punch. Yeah. But Izzy is so good and continues to be so good at just keeping his distance, using his kicks, you know, throwing a couple punches and moving, you know, that same idea that you were talking about with Valdez, you know, where he was just, he's just there. He, he times it. He knows when throws his two punches and he's out. Yeah. That's what Izzy does is he gets in, he gets out. And then once he starts to feel you fade, you know, he uses that length. He has the, you know, with Costa, when he fought Costa, he has, you know, just the ability to use his legs and his hands at like the same time where he'll throw that jab with his left, but as his left's finishing, his left leg is following. So you're yeah. here, you defend, you see the hand leave, kick off the face. You know, he, he's just so smooth with his technique and, you know, they call him the style bender because he, he puts all these different things together and he's just, I, I think what's going to happen here is I think he's going to dominate from the outside and I think late he's going to, I don't know, and this, and this is what I'm interested to see is if Izzy has the power to drop Blahovich because, yeah. you know, He's dropping, he's jumping up 20 pounds here. And like to a true, like, you know, Blahovich probably walks around, you know, 220. You know, he's a big dude. He's probably walking around 220, dropping down to 205. And, you know, I, I'm punches are obviously, you know, punches are punches. And like Izzy's probably got the skill and technique and a kick can knock down anybody. And the other thing here is Izzy actually fought at heavyweight and kickboxing. Um, and he fucking, oh, I, you should, if you ever look up his kickboxing days, he fought a heavyweight dude and dropped the dude with, his, with a kick. It was, it was just like filthy. Um, he had some like crazy kicks in the, in his kickboxing days. And he was, I think he only lost like twice in this kick when he was a kickboxer. So I, I don't see this, I don't see this fight ending in a knockout. I see Izzy winning this fight by decision and it going the distance. And I think he's just going to stand back. If it does end in a knockout, I think it'll be Blahovich catching him, but I, I I'm going Izzy. I mean, nothing has shown by Blahovich that I think he would uh, win this fight. Cause I don't think he has the skill. I don't think he has the, the footwork. He's just kind of like, they call him the Polish hammer. Yeah. That's it. He's just. Yeah. When, when, when you're as good as, as Izzy is having, one element to your game that you depend on that is like that. Oh, he's got the power though. 
And that whole thing, like you said, if he lands one, he probably could put him out, but it, it's rarely enough when you have someone that good, that smart, that skilled. And that, that if is a huge if. That's like when through Mayweather's whole career. Oh, man, if this guy he lands on him. Yeah. Don't happen when you're that good, though. Yeah. And, like, I, I don't – Blahovich isn't a clean fighter. Like, and I don't mean clean as in, like, he's dirty. He's just not polished. Like, yeah. He's yeah. not a polished striker. He's not, you know – He's not great at anything. He's just like strong and really good. And I don't really think Izzy has the, and this is another thing is I don't think Izzy has the threat of a takedown to worry about, you know, maybe Blahovich throws it in, but like, for me, I, I can't see that. Like that's just takes away an aspect that Izzy has to worry about, which is like the takedown defense. And, you know, he just got his purple belt. So I'm assuming he's making rank, uh, you know, growth in that anyways. So he probably could handle himself, but yeah, I think, I think Izzy's going to win this fight. Uh, I'm going to go a decision. I think it's going to be a unanimous decision. I think he's just going to sit back and touch him up. I don't think, like I said, I don't know that he's going to have the power to drop Polhovich, but I know that he's going to keep his distance and he's just going to just use skill. He's just going to outclass him. Yeah, hopefully hopefully yeah. this sets up Jones versus Izzy. Uh, and, and Jones will want to come back down from heavyweight, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so just to recap, is there any boxing this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. The one last thing, Clarissa Shields. Clarissa fight. Shields, yep. First, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty big moment in boxing. It's first time that a female is going to headline a pay-per-view. Sweet. Um, it's for the undisputed, uh, I believe, junior middleweight um title um against marie eve dinkare i think is how you say her name um anyone that knows clarissa shields knows that she's an animal um she's just i've i don't think i've ever seen her take a step backwards (laughs) Um, she likes to call herself the floyd mayweather of women's boxing uh i disagree with that because (laughs) She does take some shots because all she does is move forward. Yeah. Um, she's more like the fucking uh, Julio Cesar Chavez of women's boxing. Like she just goes forward and just hammers people. Um, uh, but this other chick, is, it kind of has the same style. Um, and they both got some power. They mm-hmm. both got some power. It's going to be an interesting fight. Um, but I'm going to go with Carissa Shields. Um, just because I think she's a l- just that much more aggressive uh, than Dinkar or Dinkari or however you say her name, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play pick uh, Clarissa Shields in a decision to become the undisputed junior middleweight champion of the world in women's boxing, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna cap. It. There are a lot of fights. I think it's all I think it's an all female event, but I think there are like eight fights six or eight fights um but i think i think that fight i think she'll she'll come through one or is it pay-per-view pay-per-view yeah and uh, i think it'll i think their her winning will cap a a great night of women's boxing cool so to recap izzy uh decision nunez uh nunez is gonna lose megan anderson i'm picking to upset amanda nunez which is gonna be huge if i get that right uh, and I think it's going to be a third round TKO. I'm going to go Aljamain Sterling. I'm going to go decision. Islam Makachev. I'm going to go. I think this would only be a three round fight. Uh, I'm going to go first or second round TKO. 
And then Tiago Santos, I'm going to go first round KO. Um, then Clarissa Shields, Jake's predicting to win. Uh, a lot of fights this weekend. You know, let us know what you guys think, your predictions. This is a stacked card. It's going to probably be one of my favorite weekends besides when uh, Connor fought. But, you know, we know how that went. And uh, we'll talk about this stuff. We'll break it down. Continue to break down the boxing. If you guys have any questions, let us know. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.